Well, uh, <clears throat> according to the Post, some members of the eight-juror panel had trouble looking at the large and colorful images of Casilla's mangled junk. From the smallest room in New York City. A wee dumber. So comes a show that gives you a reason to live. You found a way around it. What? A wee dumber. What? What? The, the hair went back to the box of tomatoes and stuff like that. Um, I've talked to her about it. The, the hair went back to the box of tomatoes I've talked, and stuff like that. I've talked to what? her. The days of the casting couch are over. The ever-chaste, virginal, wide-eyed Kansas girls of Hollywood are sure to become the Botoxed old huzzies whose hustle was stale on arrival. And in no sense above the law, Harvey Weinstein is under indictment, is out on bail, wearing a tracking device, his movements restricted to New York and Connecticut. The charges are first and third degree rape and first degree commission of a criminal sex act. The case is from 2013-2004. Benjamin Braffman, famed attorney for infamous individuals such as Dominique Strauss-Kahn, Pharma Bro, Martin Scarelli, and Sammy the Bull Gravano, to name a few. Michael Jackson, Puff Daddy, Plaxico Burris, Dinesh D'Souza, and Sanford Rubinstein, to name a few more, and some of those did. Mm-hmm. Braffman now defends Weinstein against rape charges stemming from events which occurred five years and 14 years ago. Braffman, currently unpopular with women on the whole, and most likely equally unpopular with women on every other part of their bodies as well. Be dumber. Mr. Weinstein, says Braffman, (laughs) did not invent the casting couch in Hollywood. And the extent that there is bad behavior in that industry? Well, that is what this case is about. Bad behavior is not on trial in this case. It's only if you intentionally committed a criminal act. And Mr. Weinstein vigorously denies that. Braffman, to the Times of London, also said, if a woman decides that she needs to have sex with a Hollywood producer in order to advance her career and actually does it and finds the whole thing offensive, that's not rape. Joining me now is Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hey. Don't you think it would be a great job to have? Defense attorney, criminal defense attorney, is the only job where you can actually say these things and not get, you know, ridden out on a rail. Criminal defense attorney is also the only job where you can um, buy and wear just the most extraordinarily garish, like double-breasted, pinstriped suits, mm-hmm. have the most kind of elaborate pompadours. <laughs> you can comb it high. It's either you can, that it, you, you can wear thick gold bracelets and mm-hmm. gold cufflinks, and for some reason, it's all considered part of the the uniform. He's a bit flashy. They just want somebody who wins. You can either be, in order to get away with those clothes, you can either be uh, like a criminal defense attorney or one of the kings of comedy. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, I kind of sometimes I think if I, if if I if if I could do it again, maybe I would go and become a, like one of these uh, flashy, high high powered criminal defense attorneys. Yeah, it would be great, and do it like with real style. Like that's a real element of your deal. Yeah. Occasionally just like I'm a little instance, bit of a slob though, so I don't know if I would like I guess if if you just like Well once you, you know. start making real money, you know, then yeah. I think you go, All right, and, and then you just start doing these things because like uh you have to spend money on something and and, and your eye kind of becomes attracted to things like, you know, uh matching pocket squares and bowler hats and uh, you know, your sword cane I think would would have to be a part of your you know, you might even have a new one fashioned. It's like a I, like a lightsaber cane, sure, or something, sure, you know, sure. something with a, a, a laser gun. Uh, you, <laughs> you could paint yourself yellow. You can do anything you want, if so long as you win those cases. And I, do, what do you think of Braffman's uh, 
like uh, you know approach here. It seems to me like calling the stuff out on the lowest level of of you know just basic law is a good idea. Just saying, well, this was all transactional. They knew that they were going to have sex with a guy, and I can prove it. Um, uh, yeah, well, if he can, uh, the thing is, they'll probably be going after Weinstein forever. Like all the women, I mean, because this is only two women, aren't there supposedly like 150 women? Or? <laughs> right. There's a lot of people who have complaints and, and they've said things, but I think that criminally, this is it. It's, I mean, he settled with uh, the other, the Italian actress. Oh, he did? But he, isn't she one of the cases? She's not one of the cases? No, you're talking about, uh, what's her name? You you know her, you remember her name better than I do, I've noticed, uh, but I, I have it here somewhere in here. Uh, the one who he was like like feeling her up and she was taping him and oh no you're talking about Asia Argento um no I thought I was but no that's that's who you're talking about right no uh, that's who you're talking about <laughs> but I don't think it is I think maybe maybe he did settle with her we're, we're, uh, really, we're really good at this. hold on well I mean yeah. <laughs> the thing is I didn't really uh, anticipate this coming up but I knew but I know because you asked which girls and it's two two women and uh like I said, they are from you know pretty long time ago. Uh, now yeah. it, it says, okay, if we could have prosecuted Harvey Weinstein for the conduct that occurred in 2015, we would have. There was a, briefly a bit of a problem. Uh, the DA in Manhattan and the NYPD were not uh, getting along. You know, they were each like, "You dropped the ball." No, you dropped the ball. There was a complaint in and Mr. Weinstein, and uh, there was a recording, and it didn't uh, prove anything. Yeah. Uh, the sex crimes unit didn't have an opportunity to sort of advise the cops on what they needed to, uh, you know, get an indictment. And uh, now the two-year statute of, limita- statute of limitations uh, on misdemeanors has expired. Oh. Uh, so it's Mrs. It's Miss Batalana. Yeah, her. her, her. Yeah. But that's uh, yeah, it's okay. Batalana. Okay. No, I don't know who Batalana is. She's Miss Batalana. She's the one that that she went that she went to the um, cops. And the cops had to hide her from Cy Vance, from the Manhattan defense attorney, be, a district attorney, because he was, they were trying to... He's trying to fuck her. <laughs> maybe. He trying yeah. to impugn her. Um, well, and they set up uh, tapes. They said they taped her talking to Harvey Weinstein saying, I don't know why you touched me like that. It made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I didn't want you to. And he was like, could you just get inside? Just, just get in just the room. Come over. I'm just, a famous just, guy. Yeah, yeah, come on. We can't do this in the hall. Yeah, and, and really, like, it didn't sound to me as if, like, because uh, they said, oh, he admitted yeah, what he did. It didn't sound like it. But he didn't, he didn't really, like, do what you'd say. Like, like, oh, I confess to that. Of course I committed a crime last night. What he said was, uh, like, she's, well, I didn't really like that you touched me. And he has him over a barrel, or she has him over a barrel because she's talking to him in the hallway. He's obviously very uncomfortable, and, and he just kind of, yeah, yeah, at her. You know, like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I get it. But I, yeah, come on. Look, I know this woman. When you try, it's like herding cats, you know. I know this woman. I guess she's probably in her 50s. She's like a director, like a theater director. Total liberal. I'm sure she voted for Hillary Clinton. You know, she's not like. Which means she's a, she's a great person. Great person. Obviously, she's got her, you know, her morals are straight up. <laughs> She was like, listen, she's known people who worked at the Weinstein Company. And they said, like, women would call and be like, oh, when can I see Harvey? When can I get an appointment with Harvey? Um, And they'd be like, I don't know. Uh, Well, he says you can go see him at his hotel at 1130. They'd be like, great. Yeah. Um, This is not like, look, this goes, all I'm saying is this, this, the history of 
actresses giving it up for parts goes back probably millennia, but certainly to like just in literature, in American literature, like, I don't know, the 1920s. I mean, you can find this all over the place. Yes, it certainly goes back to like in, in Shakespeare's time, you know, women didn't get parts. So um, they in order to get into the theater to begin with, they were probably like, hey, maybe just audition me. Okay, well, I'll see you at the theater. Nah, why don't you audition me? Like, let's do it someplace private, you know, just because I really feel like in front of people I'm not going to be. And then I'm sure that the whole casting couch thing started as a result of talentless or actresses who otherwise aren't afforded an opportunity using their body in order to get something. Yeah, but there were, no, really there, a, there, there were no actresses in Shakespeare's day. Until this. You see oh, what I mean? I see. They, That's how they, they got, got in. They got in. That They're like, way. you want to hire a guy with dick and balls? The guy's got a beard, and you want him to play Juliet? Well, they would hire Give me little. A they would hire boys to play Juliet, and I think there was probably. And they a finally bit of, found a non-pedophile director. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who's like, you know, we're gonna go a different way. <laughs> you, you could be onto something. It, it could be, and and I think that the whole thing started as a sexual manipulation by women, and now they don't like the way it turned out ultimately, or they find, oh, you know what, this is something we can leverage. I, uh, of, of course, uh, you know, I, being on the side of it, I think that's great. I think it is a great thing for them to do. I think they, they've done nothing but use what little power they've had at their disposal. And so, uh, and they've done an amazing job at it. We, you know, like women, they're smarter than men when it comes to using their physical bodies. <clears throat> that's for sure. You well, know. I mean, how does it, I mean, it's, it's funny. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, like, you know, rape is, is, is a crime and everything. Is rape bad. should be punished by immediate uh, decapitation of your penis. <laughs> well, maybe. Anyway, but, you Even know. Even the accusation. For instance, last week uh, there was the um, Whore's Day protest, like, for, for sex workers. Was uh, that on Whore's Day or was it Wednesday? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I went to it and there were all these women, like, you know, we are empowered. Do not use your white savior. You, you don't forget, like, Fuck your white savior complex. We don't need to be rescued. We need to be respected. This type of thing. Right. They don't want Travis Bickle coming around. We got the right to fool around and make a little dough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're so, just trying to earn money in the way that God intended. Sure, sure. And like one woman had a sign up that said, don't throw stones at whores. Jesus fucking Christ. You know. Like, because Jesus... Oh, that was attributed, the quote, to Jesus fucking Christ? Yeah, I don't know why they had to put the fucking in there. I mean, it seems like it would have been stronger if they just said... Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, when you attribute a quote to uh, Jesus fucking Christ, it just sounds like you're... You're in a bar. Angry. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so how do you square that, this idea that, it you know, women have every right to be as transactional as they want with, you know, the... Um, I guess Hollywood, I mean, why isn't, why can't they just be like, yeah, we were transactional about it? Oh, you know, I think that it's because of the power dynamic. It's as they want to be on, if they're on the top side of it, it's okay, because then she has, she's empowered to use her body. But in the other situation, he is in a position to promote her. He's the one in power. She wants something from him. Oh. So the thing that she's receiving also is intangible. You know, I mean, money being a tangible kind of thing. I get my money. In this case, you may or may not get a part uh, or an audition or an introduction, whatever it is that you want. But if you don't, then you can. Then you. It's very much like this. Like there was a prostitute who went to the bank and she gives $500 to the teller and the teller looks at the, the prostitute's money and she realizes it's counterfeit, you know, and she's like, this money is fake. It's not even 
really very good counterfeit money. This is not real. And the prostitute's like, are you, please check again. She's like, no, it's, it's fake. And then the prostitute's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I've been raped. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll be right back. Uh, hey, do you, uh, do you, uh, would you mind doing like a You're little. You're listening more? to New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon. This Why? isn't a lady. <laughs> this is Mark Norman. Ha! Can I just give a little history lesson here that some of your your listen our listeners might enjoy? Let's put on some history lesson music. Okay, here okay. we go. All right. Well, Judah Benjamin, he was I don't know was he the vice president or the secretary of the treasury uh, for the Confederacy? Your story. Um, he was Jewish, and <laughs> after he they had one Jew in the South, they're like, I guess he's the <laughs> treasury guy. After the Civil War ended, like, he kind of fled, right? And supposedly he was in kind of very good humor the whole time. With all the money, he fled with all the money. Well, I don't know if he actually had any money. And he fled down to Florida, and then he he managed to get on a boat, and he became the cook. And they came, like, these Union soldiers came through looking for him, and he was posed as the, the cook. Anyway, so he got all the way to England... And in England, he became, he, he, he like went to law school in England. Now, he was in his 50s or so. And they just let him, he, he was so brilliant, he just got through law school very quickly. And he soon became like the, like the top commercial barrister or whatever in Britain. And his work, his like book on property law or whatever... To this day, is considered like the authoritative work in like British jurisprudence. The most boring type of law, but still, whatever it is. But know. he was a he became a phenomenally successful um, attorney, practicing attorney. That was his, his second career, huh? His second career, well, after, third after Cook. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he's kind of a lesson to us all. Yeah. What was his name once more? Judah Benjamin. Judah Benjamin. This he, has been a history lesson. From Seth Baden. Thank you. I, I think that it's not too late for you to become. How much more school would you have to go to to become a criminal defense attorney? Um, I'd have to go to law school. I had never done okay. that. How long never. would that take? I mean, it couldn't uh, take more than six, seven years. Well, it'd take three years of law school. I'd have to really, you know, quit my job probably and just go to law school full time. Sounds okay. Would you still be able to do the podcast? I'd probably still be able to do the podcast. Um, I'd have to take out a lot of debt in order to... Um, and, nope, my kids are going to college, so I have to pay for their college. So I'd have to be paying for their college <laughs> Three and colleges. my... Yeah. But maybe you could go to college where they go to college. Or either one of them in a college that would help where you... As a law school? I mean, you could... Like, yeah, that'd be great. You could walk your daughter to class. I mean, I bet she'd love that. Um, I've talked to her about doing that, um, moving into her dorm room with her. Yeah. Exactly. Or at least having a toothbrush there, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, maybe I could do that. That would save a little bit of money. But um, And then I guess once I finished that, I'd have to pass the bar exam, and then I could just be a criminal defense attorney. But And then you have to establish a reputation. Yeah, so that might take a while. It might, or, you know, you take on a high... I, I mean, I think I'm already kind of high profile. You're right. I mean, you can be a high profile, you know, writer, author, uh, pundit. Yeah. As a... Uh, 
as a pundit, I think you get a similar kind of, uh, you know, leeway. Yeah. I mean, certainly here, like I, I'm, I'm not the garish way you're dressed right now. For instance, I'm not thrown off by that. I don't think our listeners are. Of course, you, they can't see you. Now, Arcadio Casillas. Does his name ring a bell? A GOP no. financial operative who whose dick and balls were allegedly smashed by Port Authority Deputy Inspector John Fitzpatrick in January 2017 after a night out celebrating a recent victory for a candidate in election or something. I don't okay. know. But this week, in a Manhattan courtroom, in court, photos of Casillas' smushed dick and balls were shown to jurors, some of whom averted their eyes, some of whom they, stared. They shouldn't have been allowed to because they need to see it. Well, they had to That could be the basis of a mistrial. They need to, like... Stare at, at least it. glance, you know, like, yeah. yeah, they should make them clockwork orange style. That's like what I was their thinking. eyes open and go 24 hours of this. Yeah. Well, uh, it was uh, something else. Apparently, uh, they were enlarged images of the man's genitals. Now, I don't know why they had to be enlarged. How did they get smashed? Because this guy smashed them. It doesn't say if he did it with a knee, a foot, a knight, a, a, a club, you know, none of these things are, are, are made clear. But uh, there was some sort of a uh, some sort of a little. Um, you know, a kerfuffle there. Uh, it's uh, the, the guy had been hanging out at, at an elite place of some sort. Uh, the the uh, something. I don't know what it is. Or whatever uh, place. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> according to the Post, some members of the eight juror panel had trouble looking at the large and colorful images of Casilla's mangled junk. How did they? How did he mangle it? What did he do? We bruised it with with either an object or a knee or something. What I mean, what what are the many ways you can mangle a person's junk? Here's the story right here in the newspaper. Let me take a quick look. Yeah, because the um, story is entitled "Judge, Jury, and Junk." Can I tell a little story? That's does it include mangled junk? Yep. Oh boy. Well, um, speaking of mangled junk, R.I.P. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, like these guys are sitting around a table, and there's this game where they each tie a string to their penis and then the game is like they all have the string out in the middle and then like i guess you pull on the string and you see how many inches you can pull the string before someone like yelps in pain and it's a money game and then mm. oh gambling this sounds very russian I, it's something like that and then like one guy it turns out he tied the string to his knee Oh, so, so when they found out, they they got they tied him to a tree and they took like two flat stones and everybody went and like took turns like mashing his genitals in the stones. Oh, well, that, that seems fair. I mean, that's that's probably in the rules. I think that that's from a Jerzy Kozinski, um book. Like, I think Steps is that in Steps? Oh, right, um, Steps by Kozinski. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was. Just like, that stuck with me. Man. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I read that. I was like, "Yikes!" Certain stories, yeah, they stick with <laughs> mangle it, like stuffed between two stones. And now, until the, what was the eventual result? He did that it, they were just like mashed like jelly. And that was the uh, end. It was my just, goodness, I bet he yelped in pain when that happened. I bet he did. He did not win that particular game. Well, I, this guy uh, is asked by the prosecutor here in the case, Prosecutor Rachel Earnhardt, or Earhart. I beg your pardon. Uh, Prosecutor Rachel Earhart asked, did your scrotum appear that way prior to January 9th, 2017? Absolutely not, Casillas replied. Uh, wow. So this is a, he's charged with assault. Yes. Harassment. Yes. And attempted assault. And faces a year in prison if convicted. 
I don't think that he'll do a year in prison. I think that's the maximum for those uh, things. But, uh, you know. Oh, he was kneed in oh, the need? groin. Oh, kneed? It says kneed in the groin. I see. Need. Need. He With his hands, he kneaded it like dough. No, no, he used his knee. Right into the fucking yeah. ball sack. Um, and, and that hurts. That really hurts. And why would you do that? Why would one do that? Why would one need to subdue somebody that way? He was pummeled by Port Authority Deputy Inspector John Fitzpatrick after a night out celebrating his candidate's electoral victory at the Elite Union League Club. For all, John Fitzpatrick sounds white to me. Sounds like one of these traditional Irish... Officers of the law, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a Port Authority cop, not an NYPD cop. Let me just say, Port Authority cops—they've mm-hmm. um, seen it all. Somebody I work with, Judy Miller, wrote a great piece about how Port Authority cops—they've got the best deal in the world because it's the twenty-fifth largest police force in the country, but they make so much fucking money. I mean, they make like a hundred forty, a hundred fifty grand. Some of them before any overtime. And they've got these crazy um, rules written into their um, union contract. Like, if they go from, if they take an escalator from one level of a station to another level. They get promoted. It's basically, (laughs) (laughs) it's counted as like a shift change. And then they get automatic four hours overtime for that. Wow. Just crazy, crazy shit. It's amazing. I had no idea. And they work for both New Jersey and New York. Well, they work for the Port Authority. Which is a combination of New York, which is... It's above... Not supervised by anybody, really. Exactly. Yeah, that's a problem. No no oversight over there. And and really, they're not, because they're not particularly... uh, I mean, I guess a lot of those cops ran down to 9-11... And, 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 you know, Port Authority cops were the first. That was their jurisdiction. Well, because they um, their headquarters was there. Oh, I see. Right. And so they were there quickly. Now, NYPD cops, they they're, uh, they're, there are some great NYPD cops. It's the largest police force in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the largest in the world. Uh, there are bigger ones, but... Um, I've got good things to say about NYPD. Yeah, and NYPD... P-A-P-D... Exactly. ...is... Different deal. ...kind of shit. And now Long Island cops also make a lot more money than NYPD. Yeah, they make a lot, too. And, and they're out there on the island policing things that are not... Uh, usually not terror-related. However, they're doing some good work with gangs right now. Picking up... Cleaning up MS-13. They are cleaning up the hell oh. out of, of out of MS-13. Let me, let me just say one thing. Um, a friend of mine who listens to this show... Mm-hmm. Kind of a real cuck. Kind of a... Hillary supporter. Just just a real waste of a vote. Kind of. Um, the other day I was talking to him and he lives down in Maryland and he's like MS-13. He's like, I don't even think they exist. Oh, I've really? never even heard of them. I've never heard of them outside of Fox News. I think it's just all made up. That's I exactly that's what that MSNBC woman said. I mean, he's yeah. just he, he's that's his where he gets his talking points is what's her yeah, name? Yeah. Uh, Rachel Maddow or somebody? No, no, it's 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 she's a a woman, an African American woman. Oh, Joy Reid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She might be CNN or I think she's a, whichever one she is. Yeah, she's like they don't even exist out of. I mean, if you don't watch Fox News, that's word for yeah. word. Anyway, so I said he's like, yeah, I don't think they exist. I was like, sure, like climate change. Yeah, <laughs> there's well, more evidence for MS-13 than there is for climate change. I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah. go talk to some of those families who had their kids' heads cut off. Right, and and tw- now there's other gangs too. Now MS-13, they just now arrested three more uh, in connection with uh, with the this good freaking uh, you know crap that's going on good. Uh, out there. I'll tell you about it. There's eight more indicted in MS-13 slayings. Yay! Eight more. You know how many? Yay! Oh, okay, look. <laughs> Oh, don't start a rally here, you know. I mean, <laughs> are you cheering for the slangs? No, I'm cheering for the arrest. Well, here's the evidence and the indictment of these oh, these fuckers. Those don't help. These, you know, these 
these MS-13 animals. That allegedly don't exist. These animals. Eight alleged violent uh, MS-13 members have been indicted for three savage murders and other crimes. Oscar Acosta was a rival of the gang. And and now MS-13, by the way, it means, uh, do you know what it means? Do you know what it stands for? Uh, Mara Salvatrucha. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Lamara Sal- uh, Salvatrucha or MS-13. He was lured to a secluded area in Brentwood, Long Island, to smoke pot, but was instead brutally beaten with a tree branch and thrown unconscious into the trunk of a car. He was then taken to another secluded area where he was slashed to death with a machete by several of the gang members, including, uh, according to an indictment, rather, unsealed in central Iceland. So they, they took him to a secluded location, hit him with a tree branch, then took him to a second secluded location. Because uh, the first location, probably not secluded enough to cut him up, but secluded enough to hit him with a branch. Exactly. Uh, the, the second secluded location may or may not have had branches. Uh, and, right. uh, you know, you, you want to be someplace in get a everything lined controlled up. environment, maybe put him on a tarp or something like that. I'm not really sure. Uh, but it happened in April 2016. His body was found that September. Now, similarly, Javier Castillo and uh, Duan Stacks, Castillo, Duan, st- they were stabbed to death by MS-13 members in a separate incidents in October 2016, according to prosecutors. The defendants, by the way, uh, they're also facing racketeering charges, and they are all illegal immigrants from El Salvador. Now, there, wait, wait, hold on a second. Diversity were, is our strength. Diversity is our strength. Were, diversity it, is our strength. Diversity. We, yeah, you, they, you didn't tell me they were immigrants. Um, yeah. Oh, that changes everything. Exactly. Well, why are they arresting them? It's because they want to hassle them and rip families apart. That's why. Why do people hate immigrants? Why? We are a nation of immigrants. <sighs> yeah, you're an immigrant, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm an immigrant. I'm an immigrant, too. I stand with the immigrants, just like fucking uh, Cuomo's an immigrant. Cuomo, he's an immigrant. He's the son of poor immigrants. Mm-hmm. And, and the only people that's more of an immigrant than him is Cynthia Nixon, who uh, is more progressive than and him. And you know who else is an immigrant? Immigrant equals progress. All the people who haven't been born in Africa yet who mm-hmm. might want to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yet-to-be-born immigrants are welcome. If you're, you, if you're in Africa carrying a baby right now, you just... You've, you either come here or you put that fucker in the mail. Yeah. Because we want them. And we want them bad. Oh, we, we, we need want them. diversity. Oh, my we need God. The, we need it so bad. I'm it's so our strength. This, this white bread country. Just being in this fucking room, just uh. you and me, <laughs> it's making me want to throw up. Where's the blacks? Yeah. Where's the blacks? Yeah. I, I am. <laughs> I'm borderline furious about this. I'm, now, I'm over the border. And now, and now nine reputed gang members charged. So if this is going to set you off. Uh, they they have uh, dealt a big blow now to alleged gang members doing business in Western Queens. They blew them. Yes, a big blow job. Uh, did you see my? Uh, you saw my post. I think I sent it to you. The uh, I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that it was a typo, but it said uh, the guy who had uh, in Sweden, I guess it was, who had driven over some people. Yeah. It said that he uh, he after that he intended to blow himself. Yeah. He planned to blow himself. Well, why not? After you, drive, failed. after you drive over a bunch of people, why not blow I, I, yourself? Alu Akbar. <laughs> That's the way I do it. What a spectacle that would have been, though. You know, this is, as the cops take him out of the car and he's blowing himself. <laughs> that would have been something. Yeah. Uh, you have to be very limber. You have to be limber, and you have to be uh, shameless. Or maybe even have some ribs removed. you got to really want to <laughs> suck a dick. 
<laughs> Law enforcement dealt a big blow uh, to them, to this other group in Western Queens, a 20-month probe called Operation Gangrene, which is a great fucking, you know, uh, operation type, Operation uh, Rot, yeah. you know, uh, has led to members of uh, uh, hashtag hot, hot 97 boys with a Z and oh. 97th Street a Trinitario's gangs being charged. Uh-huh. Now, the uh, charges were revealed by uh, Richard Brown, as we know, the Queens DA and the NYPD, and uh, the uh, alleged gang members' main stopping grounds were Elmhurst, Jackson Heights, and Corona. Yep. Now, uh, you know, these charges, eight vehicles were recovered, uh, state uh, firearm purchases, and more than 35 narcotics buys were made by undercover cops. So they've really uh, been on this for a while, 20 Good. months. A stun gun, cocaine, a loaded twenty-two. And two nine millimeter uh, firearms and fentanyl laced heroin. Fentanyl laced heroin. Where do I? I mean, I I condemn that. Uh, prosecutors say the main defendants in the case are Whitestone resident uh, Dionis Maz Fernandez. He's twenty three. Oscar Diddy Urena. Fuck, they got Diddy Urena. Oh no. Jesus, he lives in Jackson Heights. And Jesus Junior Mota. Mm. Mota means pot. Does it? Yeah. So his name is. Jesus Pot Pot. of College Point. Cops also allegedly found 240 grams of cocaine, $62,000 in cash while searching in Corona at the home of 23-year-old Joseph J. Payamps. See, if we didn't live in a racist society, Mm -hmm. these guys would all be partners at Goldman Sachs. Oh, for doing these things, they would be. They'd be promoted immediately. This, these guys are not your janitor types. These are your CEOs. These are your titans of, of business. They yeah. obviously they know how to make a living. They have not been allowed to pursue legitimate No, it's impossible. They, they've pursued the business model that was laid out in front of them yeah. by America. Right. And, you know, it's just like uh, Scarface, you know? Exactly. You'll get the drugs and you'll get uh, women... Yeah. You get the power, and then you get the pussy, and then, yeah. then you can get lunch. Yeah. Then maybe you have a snack, and then you take a nap, and then you get, you know, rested. You know what haza means? No. You're a fucking hazer. Hazer. <laughs> say hello to my little friend. Here he is right here. Come say hello. Come say, come on, my little Oh, he's shy. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, th- th- this gang business going on, on it, but that's what's happening on Long Island. Yeah, and that is uh, thank you. Now your friend, Nassau police. I, I, I hate. I, I regret to inform your friend that they're real. They are actually real. They're real. Yeah, and these other gangs are real too. These ninety-seven uh, Trinitario boys or whatever they are. Uh, it's funny how people will just say, if Fox, you know, when you think about it. That's that's very interesting that that she said that and that you know people like pick up on that statement. If if Fox News didn't mention it, nobody know. But it's like keep they're like saying Fox News is the only one reporting. Yeah, but it's all over the place. <laughs> that there's gangs all over the place. I mean, like you could go to go to Wikipedia. Doesn't anybody research the shit? That's what I do. I hear about MS13. I'm like, oh, I want to find out what that is. I, I Google it. I read articles. I you know, and yep. you find something out about it. This shit you have to do. I think in order to support a certain point of view in this country, now some people do support it, and, and, and you have to find, you have to research it. It's just not sure. laid out in front of you. You don't know everything. There's sure. So, hey, now, here's something that I bet you didn't know about. Oh, boy. Gardner Dunnan, the longtime head of the Dalton School. That's a, a very elite school, by the way. Yeah. Very, very elite. Did um, you go there? I went there 
tried it, didn't like it, and uh, and I went back to public school in Tennessee. Oh, cool. Uh, before we do that story, as uh, see, this is this is New York, man. You've got <laughs> sirens going on all the time. Only in New York. Only in sirens. New York. <laughs> uh, a, a, a saucy pair of drug dealers. They allegedly hid twenty-two pounds of heroin. In their tomato sauce? In their tomatoes, worth, and this was worth about $3 million, inside cardboard boxes of plum tomatoes. Huh. They just found four pounds of the drug when they pulled over Abel Abad and David Calaro in Upper Manhattan. You get pulled, you pull somebody over, and they're like, oh, wow, look, you've got uh, 22 pounds of heroin in the car. You think they were shit in their pants? They've got their lawyer on speed dial. For, I, I love speed dial, that thought. You know, we don't really think about speed dial. Speed dial dial's kind of over. Yeah, with the cell phone, speed dial became... Like, everybody's on speed dial. Right, your whole life like is how on many speed fo- dial. Do you even know anybody's phone number? I can imagine having to look it up, remember it and stuff. And like, no, I don't even know my wife's phone number. I don't know it. My wife made a big point of forcing me to memorize her phone numbers. I remember that. She made up a song, and then you had to learn the song. No, no, there was no song, but she did make me memorize them. Really? Both yeah. of her phone numbers? Yeah. I had to memorize both phone numbers. Both. She has a, a home and work? She had a home and a cell. And, uh, well, her home number is the same as your number at home, right? So you had well, to memorize I didn't really, that? I never, I, I, I never used it. The landline. She had a landline and a cell. Remember those phones you used to have? I had to memorize both phone numbers. I love it when people bring up the rotary phone. Like sure, it's just a, like it's um like you're talking about uh, Sarah. Get me Mount Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch Andy Griffith? Yeah. This Sarah, we we never see, by the way. Sarah, <laughs> who everybody has nailed. I bet. Yeah, of course. That's a lot of heroin here that they found uh, in Upper Manhattan. Eighteen pounds allegedly were found hidden in more boxes of tomatoes uncovered from a rented U-Haul. So the point is, drugs get into the country. These came from Chicago. They had been packed in Chicago. These, the heroin packed in the box of tomatoes and stuff like that. Uh, Abad is from Chicago, and uh, and Colazzo is from La Mesa, California. Let me ask you something. Yes. Liberals are always saying, like... Face up to 20 years. The drug war is so stupid because drugs are going to come in. You can't stop people. People want to do drugs. Yeah, heroin Drug, and fentanyl. Are, that's all going to come in. Oxycontin. Why are we just, like... Trying to stop what's inevitable. People are going to want drugs. The drugs are going to come in. Yeah, people are going to want to kill people too. You can't stop it. So why guns are going to right. come in? Well, that you can't you, you, stop. You, you, it. you saw my point. You got my point very quickly. Why <laughs> don't they make the possible. same argument about guns? Yeah, because um, that's a good question. How I don't, can you make guns illegal? Honestly, I don't know what people want from the people who do from guns, from the gun uh, gun laws. What do you want out of gun laws? What they, is it that they, they want? They want them to go around and confiscate guns from everyone. But they that's not what they say they want. They say, but we are not trying to, oh my God, we're not trying to get your guns. <laughs> you hear that? And then We they, just want sensible gun laws so you can't have them. We just, Exactly. We just want to make it illegal for you to possess them. We are not trying to take them. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just make it illegal, and then you'll turn them in. And then if you don't, we'll go take them. Then, and if you don't, then, you know. It's so funny because, you know, Ant uh, at Compound, Anthony Cumia, my boss, he had some kind of a... He's the boss of us all. He's the boss of us all. The boss of us all. He's What he is, he's the king of living is what he is. Cool. So the boss 
had some kind of, of a domestic uh, disturbance. Maybe you heard about that. And so, you know, they, they have this thing about guns. If you have a domestic, right. they tend to t- want them. And yeah. so, like, he said all his life, you know, every, people, no one's trying to take away your guns. No one, they're not going to come to your house and take away your guns. You know what they did? They came to his house and took away his guns. <laughs> He's like, wow, okay. I guess well, that is what they wanted. So, but wait, was he saying, he had said beforehand that they don't want to come and take away your guns? No, he said all his life people have said that to him. Oh, right. They don't want to come to your house and take away your guns. That's, That's ridiculous. That's exactly what they did. And then they, <laughs> and they did. Uh, flushing sawbones, pro croaker in the Queens neighborhood where the demographics are slanted, 70% Asian. Dr. Lawrence Choi, 65 year old kidney doctor with no training in pain treatment, but for his patients who needed or wanted powerful pain medication to cope with life or to sell for a profit, that didn't matter. It was his penmanship that kept them coming back. Mm. Not that it was good, but it was consistent. Uh, uh, Choi had financial difficulties after. Uh, a, very, a, a bruising divorce. Who doesn't? Who doesn't have? I didn't have financial difficulties after a bruising divorce. Although people who are not me, who, who were you know lived on what I have lived on and shit like that, they would probably think, "Oh my god, this is financially difficult." <laughs> For me, it's just been a, I've been coasting. Uh, he also owed a million dollars in bank taxes. Uh, here's where where that comes in. Oh, he, I'm so glad I never made that kind of money. Imagine owing it. Yeah. And then having to be like, uh, anybody need pills? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, people came from other states. They came from all over the city, yeah. all the boroughs, uh, you know, I guess Connecticut, Pennsylvania. It was actually a Pennsylvania DA that noticed like, hey, uh, we're connecting a couple of deaths here to, um, you know, or, or at least uh, overdoses, not necessarily deaths, but three people have died. Three patients have died of overdoses in his care. And now he's charged criminally with illegally prescribing medications, including... Now, this is called the Holy Trinity of, uh, I guess, you know, some kind of, uh, Wait, of, of medications. Yeah, Celery, bell peppers, and onions. The first two are wrong, and then the third one is also wrong. Oh, okay. It's uh, oxycodone, muscle-relaxing SOMO. So it's pain-killing oxycodone, muscle-relaxing SOMO, and anxiety-reducing Xanax. Now, what's wrong with people to want I wanna, think it's SOMA. No, SOMA? It says SOMO. Oh, all right. it, Where I've typed it from the... Uh, of course, I could be wrong. Fair enough. Don't Let me look and it. see. No, I want to know if it's SOMA. I'm going to say SOMO, you know, over there where yeah. the uh, Asians live in Flushing. You know, Asians are also the uh, predominantly... Uh, they, they, they are the students who do the best. They're, they, they're I think, 70% of the... Or 60-some-odd percent are... Uh, of the students at these uh, elite high schools that have been in the news lately in New York City are Asian, and they're and some of them are very poor. So it takes out that whole poverty argument that right. we've heard sometimes. So now it's just like like really poor Asians getting into the most elite and based on a test. So it's strictly merit based on the test. They do very well. Yeah, they, and, yeah. They're, and they're very poor. Well, some of them are. Uh, yeah, many they, many are very. They come from just heartbreaking poverty. Well, I'll tell you, my uh, older daughter had these friends, uh, these twins, these Chinese girls. Um, They lived in a studio with their divorced parents and and their brother. Their divorced parents. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. A lot of times they'll get different homes once the divorce happens. I guess they didn't have enough money. And they slept on the floor and there would be like mice 
running over them at night. But, you know, they studied really hard, and one of them went to um, Brooklyn Tech, you know, one of the specialized high schools. Another went to Townsend Harris, which is a very good high school. So um, it's it's not really a a function of, like... uh, of money, let's put it that way. Right, yeah, it's it's uh, that's proven, and that is a great example of the heartbreaking poverty. Mice running over them, uh, your daughter visiting them, uh, them divorced. They can't even go to new to, to new digs because they you know that that's how bad it is. They're stuck with each other forever, even though we're divorced. That means that no sex. Well, we couldn't have sex anyway. Our two babies are sleeping on the floor. Even the mice in that apartment score higher on the tests yeah. than many students otherwise do. Yeah, uh, It's a very... And, and so the interesting argument, now what they want to do is the Asians are, are basically uh, uh, killing it, you know? And some of them are very poor and they're doing very well and they're going to these elite high schools, whereas black and Hispanic students represent a very small percentage of the, of the in fact, like a, I, I think at uh, Stuyvesant High School, there's like um, less than only... One, well, less than 1% black. Less than one, at, at these, yeah. And, and, and at very, Stuyvesant. Other schools, at Stuyvesant. it's higher. Other yeah, schools, it's higher. Yeah, but, but it's low everywhere. It's below 5% everywhere, certainly, and, yes. uh, and, and same with the Hispanics. And they're, two, they're two-thirds of the city's school, school population. Right. Which is the other part. Now, I, a lot of them may not even take the test. A lot of them don't take the test, but... Um, well, and there's an optional test to get into the, It's called the, uh, sh- the, the... SHSAT, the Specialized High School Achievement Test, whatever. Yeah. Aptitude Test. Anyway, so... And, and they have to run the mile and stuff. No, no, they don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, so they don't do very well. Uh, and the thing is, there used to be a lot more black and Latino students at these schools, but because of... Um, Progressive you know, initiatives. Progressive initiatives like immigration uh, and, you know, basically open borders. The Asian population of New York City has has climbed, like, you know, radically. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more uh, Asian. Now, this is, this is like people from Bangladesh and Pakistan and India and, of course, also China and Korea. How much and, diversity do they want? You, just within that one category of Asian, you have an incredible amount of diversity. That's true. So among the eight specialized high schools, Asians are represent about, what, 51, 50, 51% of the, um, the kids at these schools. But they're only really like 13, 14% of the um, student body. Same with whites. It's a low percentage. Low, whites are about 14, 15%. Throughout the, through, of students throughout the city. Students throughout the city. And they are about, uh, I don't know, 30% of the kids at these schools. That is not okay. So, that is not okay. Um, See, short of just saying quotas, this many blacks, this many Hispanics, this many yeah. Asians, this many whites, then you're never going to get the balance that you think right, you want. Right, right. So and what, what they're going to do? So what? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Explain. Well, so what they want to do now is get is eliminate the test and just make it that the top seven percent of every junior high school get automatic admittance to one of these test specialized schools. Yeah. So I and mean, so that will mean that that'll take up spots that um, where it would otherwise go to the actual. You know, people who are the best and brightest and scored highest on the test. Yeah. Um, so what you're going to wind up doing is there's something like something they call mismatch, where you know you take a kid who who might be very bright um, from who, but maybe they're very underprepared, or they're very bright, you know, for that school. Relatively bright. Relatively bright, and you're going to put them in a school where they're not really prepared, and everybody's much smarter. So basically, 
you know, but you're going to slow down classes. Slow down classes. You're going to you're going to like wind up with them dropping out. The school's GPA is going to drop. Everything's Graduations gonna, will drop. They're going to have to lower standards. Meanwhile, some of these super smart kids are forced to go to some of these other schools that are not doing as well, and they go up a little bit. It's however incrementally they would be, they would improve. I think. Uh, well, you know, I think score wise, and the, the, the new school's chancellor, his attitude is, why do we screen schools? Why why do we do that at all? Like everyone should just go to, you know, school, school. Just yeah. just well, everyone should just go to school and. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> he thinks the whole thing is a racist initiative to segregate yeah. uh, everything. A test, an aptitude test that's blind, a blind merit-based system is somehow designed to segregate. Yes. That's like saying, Are we dumber, so you found a way around it. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying it. I me. will say about him, though, Richard Carranza, this new school chancellor, um, Dick, he is an accomplished mariachi performer really he's really pushed mariachi education in um in in arizona where he comes from mariachi in houston uh yeah he really pushes mariachi and you should hear him singing el rey he's really good wow okay now do you want me to find it it? if if you can uh oh it's not hard (laughs) then then that would be because he loves doing it sure 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 and who doesn't like to watch, except for everyone, really? I mean, like, uh, now mariachi... Who doesn't love mariachi music? Well, you know, it's um, it's the highlight of the meal when you go and you're eating your chips <laughs> and you're having your it's meal. It's the highlight of the subway when they come around doing it. It's the highlight of the protesting against you when you say people should speak English in public. It's the highlight of, of this guy's career, because his career... He's playing. I feel like uh, I feel like Tom should be chasing Gary right now. The word that comes to mind when I hear that yeah. is more. More. Mas. 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 Por favor. What instrument is that? That, that's his voice. That's Richard Carranza. Yeah. He's the uh, school's chancellor. Oh, did you hear the way he said that? He kind of... Yeah. He, his, uh, his pronunciation on that word kind of gave it a little dual meaning. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, okay. All right. Well, you know what? I think his school policy is great then. I think that they should uh, definitely just go to school, as they say. Yeah. All right. Uh, By the way, on Choi, the doctor. Yeah. Facing three charges, manslaughter and reckless endangerment. And uh, did I say three charges? Manslaughter and reckless endangerment. 231 count indictment. And he pleaded not guilty. He could go to prison. Uh, and uh, he, he, by the way, allegedly prescribed an estimated one million pills illegally <laughs> between 2012 and 17. The thing is, it, they, SOMO, they catch, by the way, they, confirmed. It is SOMO. Yeah. They, they, I mean, I don't understand how, how did he get that far? I mean, all of this stuff, imme- it immediately comes up on an FDA computer. 
Like they know exactly how what you're prescribing and when. You put your number in. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck? How did they let the how did the Obama administration let this go? That's a good question. 2012 to 2017. Those are yeah, those are Obama years, yeah. So why didn't I mean well, I don't know. This all comes up. It, it's like it raises red flags right and left. Yeah, they say it's like impossible to do this kind of thing because of the system they have. I mean, they do, right? Well, uh, I do know this. They, they, there's no more paper prescriptions. Yeah. They, it's, they, they contact them electronically. You just go there and tell them who you are. So, I mean, all that shit's over. And I, I've met some pretty stiff resistance against getting a prescription of mine filled uh, before by somebody. It was like a day... It, it was like, say, uh, 6.30 in the evening, right? Okay. And the prescription was for the following day, which would become, it would tick over at midnight. Yeah. So I was trying to fill my prescription five and a half hours early before right. I went on a trip. Oh. And and, and she's like, nah. Nah. Wrong day, nah. Uh-oh. They're not due for this yet. They're, they're very careful about some about some medications, and I would assume they would be with Soma, Oxycontin, and Xanax. ever consider leaping over the counter and just rummaging through everything? Oh, certainly consider leaping over the counter and strangling her, but not rummaging through everything. I wouldn't know any good medications if I saw them. I'd have to be like, you take me to the stuff that makes you feel good. Nice. And I would put on that accent, too. Nice. So that's Choi. 65-year-old Choi, he's like, well, you know what? I might as well be in prison anyway. My wife got all my money, and uh, I owe the government a lot of money, so fuck this shit. He looks like he's really put upon, and he is. This guy just wanted people to feel less anxious, less pain, and, uh, and, and, and to feel uh, otherwise good. I think, hey. I, think that he, I think that's a man who wanted to accomplish good in the world, and yeah. he, just, he just got a little turned around by, yeah. first of all, his ex-wife, who basically, this, these three deaths, it's blood on her hands. Yeah. That is blood on her hands. Yeah. Hey, can I read something that I that I found? Can you read something that you found? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I saw this on Facebook and like some... Um, oh, you found it on Facebook? Some dopey woman uh, who's a, a minister in like the Presbyterian Church or United Church of Christ. Female ministers shit. are just the, the worst. So it's this thing, 10 ways you can actively reject your white privilege. Oh, how many ways? 10 ways. Wow. May I read them? Uh, let me guess. Number one, suck a black dick? No. No, okay, let's go. One, take up minimal space during anti-racism dialogues and protests. Well, I take up absolutely no space at these, <laughs> at these protests. Check. <laughs> Two, stop contributing to gentrification and calling it urban development. Well, uh... Wait, 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 we're using the wrong word? Urban development is the wrong word. Stop using that term. I guess, yeah. Okay, done. Check. Three, listen when people call you on your microaggressions. Oh, I listen all right. Oh, sure. I'll ta- I take careful notes because it's fucking funny. Yeah, it's fascinating. I check. <laughs> yeah, so we have rejected our white privilege uh, 100% of the three time. So three. Far, yeah. All right, four. Never invite people of color to the table. Done. For the sake of claiming <laughs> diversity. All right. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> I never do that. Couldn't agree. Wow. I think that I'm, I think we're kind of on the same team with this one. I know. Five. Refrain from using your non-white friends as your urban dictionary. Uh, I have urban dictionary on my computer. Like yeah. it's on the internet, right? I just yeah, look it I up. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever, I, I would never like lower myself to say like, what does woke mean now? Yeah, right? Will you explain? Yeah, it's stupid. Five for five. Five for five. 
Six, stop lifting up as non-confrontational... Oh, I'm sorry. Stop lifting up non-confrontational people of color as examples of what POC activism should be. Hmm, okay, well, I probably... Okay, so she's saying uh, that we should not celebrate a lack of violence in POC activism. Rather, we should uh, basically... Um, appreciate them equally, the violent and nonviolent yeah. aspects of it. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I, I, I will stop doing that if I have done that. In yeah. fact, I'm not going to lift up anybody as right. an example of what POC activism should be. Okay. So um, six for six, seven for seven. Sure, you? six for six so far. Okay, uh, number seven, call your friends, family, and coworkers out on racism, even if a POC isn't in the room. Six for seven. (laughs) Okay, eight. Understand that all anti-racism work doesn't look the same and advocate accordingly. Will you explain what that means? Um, Understand that all, that, well, not all, that anti-racism work Uh can have, take many different forms. It can, okay. So so just just understand that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, And advocate accordingly. I think that I've done that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, number nine, realize that all discussions about race aren't for you. <laughs> and be okay with it. Absolutely. Absolutely, no problem. <laughs> Ten, recognize that you're still racist, no matter what. Fine. If that's <laughs> if that's what they want me to say. If that's true, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. I, so if everyone is... To the extent that everyone's racist, I'm yeah. also racist. Yeah. Okay, sure. Sure. Yeah. Fine. I, I'm, in, I'm in the same batch as everyone. You know what I say to That's that? That's why. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start a movement. What's next? So that's... That's it. That's, that's, that's all number 10. 10. Nine, we, so on, in nine out of 10 ways, I actively throw away my white privilege. I yeah. forfeit it. And the one thing that where you're kind of not doing a good job on is calling your friends, family, and coworkers out on their racism, out on racism. Yeah, and that's whether or not a POC is present. Yeah, and I guess I I guess that I I would say I don't do that because I don't I, you know, I'm not really into the pot calling the kettle black. Like if we if I'm racist, how is it up to me? You know, like I'm not Are we one. all racist yes. no matter what? So, right, if we're if we're all racist no matter what. So, how can I call them out from yeah. one racist to another? I'd like to point out that you're exhibiting signs of the racism we all share right now. And right? here we are, yeah. Here, this is from the United Church of Christ. So any any United Church of Christians or whatever, I don't know. If you're in the UCC, what do you what do you call yourself? Like if you're in the Methodist Church or Methodist Presbyterians or Presbyterians, what is well, that? Is she a Presbyterian minister? Yeah, but th- she just put this up. I, but it's from the United Church of Christ, which I don't really. The United Church of I mean, well, they're Christians, and yeah. so they they may they may just leave it at that. They make a, I mean, uh, if it's the United Church of Christ, I don't know if that's a non-denominational church or not. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like they adhere to any of the any of the uh, other dogma. I don't know what they do. But uh, so, what were you? Uh, is that the only question about that? If, if you're a member of that church, maybe you can help us. Uh, and if you're a Presbyterian, maybe you can also help us. In fact, maybe you can help us if you're. Uh, a POC, or uh, if you're uh, a racist, a racist would love which you are if you're white. Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know. 
we all share that. Now, here's uh, the thing I would like you to do. Write me at patdixonnyc at gmail. My website, as you know, crimereport.nyc, you can write me through that. There's a thing right on the front page, and it goes to the same box. It all comes to patdixonnyc at gmail. P-A-T-D-I-X-O-N. Would love to hear from you and to hear your thoughts on the 10 ways to reject your white privilege, if you're white, and if you're not, and then what do you, do, does that sound like, does, do these sound like good? Are you happy with these ideas? Right, because they, they're they mostly effortless. Do and you I'm, want us to do anything else? Yeah, what else? What I mean, please, what else can we do? Uh, I always thought it would be more extreme shit, like financial donations or something. Yeah, or, apparently it's pretty easy. Apparently I'm doing everything I'm, apparently I'm totally woke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, except for the calling people out thing. But but I think that's a misguided one, yeah. because once you accept the premise that that we're all racist no matter what, well, like you said, it's the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I'm I'm looking up right now United Church of Christ. Yeah. Apparently, I think it's like it used to be called the Congregationalists. And then they thought that sounds a little bit like a cult. Maybe. Uh, do you uh, watch any television since we're uh, since I'm looking this up? Not right now? that much. I watch lately. I've been watching Southern Charm, only because my kid likes it, and so I've been watching it to um, just to keep up. Yeah, um, but that's about it. Okay. Uh, so um, the United Church of Christ is uh, a mainline Protestant Christian denomination with historical confessional roots in the Reformed. Uh, congregational and evangelical Protestant traditions, with over five thousand churches, nearly one million members. So uh, that, to me, sounds like if they're if they have if they share like evangelical uh, what, what was that Ev- evangelical Protestant traditions uh, that could be speaking in tongues, that could be uh, you know the the tradition of uh, male deacons or, or just deacons in general. I guess um, they they must be a liberal church if they are. If, oh yeah. if, if somebody is promoting. Um, oh yeah. The, uh, no, that's now, they sure. are a member of the National Council of Churches. No now, shit. That's you, the National Council of Churches. You know about them. They are communists, yes. They yeah. are a communist front. If you're going to a church... I doubt anybody that's listening to this goes to a National Council of Churches church. But if you uh, if you are, then you are uh, likely uh, being influenced by, um, the, only by peop- the communist the only, party. The only people I want <laughs> listening to this are Missouri Synod Lutherans... Orthodox Jews, Amish. This is Seth Barron speaking, <laughs> not me. I want everybody to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, don't have to be these if things. If you go to church, if you're religious. No, you can go to any church. All right, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, to discriminate on the basis of religion, please, Seth. I'm, I'm like, just I, saying because that's so tacky. Look, you're not going to get people from those other. I think other it's illegal for us to do that. People f- like Reformed Jews, mainline ch- Christian churches, they're not They gonna will be, love us. They're not going to be listening to this show, Pat. We're too, we're too far right. What? 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 You think we're far right? I think I am probably dead center in my politics now. Yes, there's but as far as they're winds, concerned, shifting winds of politics. As far as they're concerned, we're far right. Yeah, but that's like you know they went long and and yeah, uh, they're just far left. Yeah, I mean I consider myself perfectly. I actually sort of consider myself a liberal. I would say you're a liberal. Yeah. Yeah. Just by your hair length alone. My hair's pretty short, right? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you decided to go with a boy cut. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second with a lot more New York City crime. <laughs> 